I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors. Michael's here as well to tell you the rest. What about the massive discount they'll do you? Yeah. Well, 15% anyway, if you listen to the Phil Hay Monday Club. Yeah. On Will's probate conveyancing. Mm-hmm. That's what I say on Monday. <laughs> yeah, it is on Monday. It is on Monday. Well, unless we play on a Monday, but um, not this year anymore. Tuesdays <laughs> no. next year. A lot of Tuesdays. Behave yourself. Yes, that's for a limited time. Full details. Uh, on the website, head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball to get your 10% discount. Details of that 15% discount on Will's probate and conveyancing on the Monday Club Show. Find that in our feed, video and audio. Yeah, it's Dan, Michael and Rob. It's the weekly show where we, uh, part one, first of all, round up the weekly news. And the weekly news is about Leeds United gurgling around the plug hole. It's not very cheery at the minute, is it? It all needs to be over, doesn't it? So we can all just exhale and accept whatever fate is handed to us. I'm so excited for it to be over. Yeah. Really can't wait. Yeah. Sort of at that point where... Whatever happens, what, <laughs> just let it be over. Well, we're recording on lunchtime at lunchtime on Wednesday, the tenth of May. So in eighteen days and a few hours, it will be over. Thank God. Yeah, it needs. It needs. This season needs to die. I think that was last season as well, wasn't it? Yep. I think that's why everyone's more miserable because it's been compounded, hasn't it? It's two years of, I mean, of this. The reason everyone's miserable at this exact moment is not because of Leeds United specifically. It's more Everton and um, Forest related, isn't it? Because I think we left. Man City going fine, lost, knew we would. Goal difference hasn't taken a hammer in, whatever. It was always going to happen. But then Everton score five and you just think, fuck off. Well, we will. <laughs> That's we not will, fair. We will preview the other fixtures. Um, uh, sorry, we'll preview the Leeds Newcastle game in part two. Sorry, but the other fixtures, just looking at those. I mean, like everyone got a bit downcast on Bank Holiday Monday, but look at the fixtures this weekend. Forest have got Chelsea away. Leicester have got Liverpool at home. Everton have got Man City at home. It's an opportunity. Newcastle will be a really tough fixture, which we'll, we will get to, but it could all swing back the other way, couldn't it? So uh, Everton at Brighton looked like a tough game, though, didn't it? Yeah. I did enjoy watching the um, Sky Sports punditry and expert analysis of the Premier League running, and it was Jamie Carragher and Martin O'Neill looking at the fixtures, and uh, David Jones just asking him, like, so, you know, how do you see this going? What about these fixtures? What do you reckon? And he's like, yeah, just need to win some games, don't they? <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the state of play. Well, we were Thanks just talking that. before we came on air then, before we started recording, that like, essentially that's all the match previews are now. Yeah. It's, it's just like, well, we just need to win, don't we? And if we don't, we're in, in dire, dire trouble. Uh, should we talk about the championship? Get ourselves ready for it. What about who's who's up, who's down? What's, who we're facing next year? Well, we know Burnley and Sheffield United are up. The uh, the playoff semi-finals are Joe Gelhart, Sunderland against Luton, and then Coventry against Middlesbrough. Do you think Angus Kinnear is going to try and spitefully recall him? But no strikers. <laughs> it's funny that you look at those teams, of all of them, if any of them come up out of those four, are going to find the Premier League a monumental struggle, you would imagine. Yeah, probably. And even then, it's going to be hard for Burnley, possibly. They might they might get the bounce because they've done so well this season. I imagine Sheffield United will find it difficult as well. They've got Hecky. Mm, true enough. Um, true He's enough. got the experience, hasn't he? Going down the other way, Reading, Blackpool and Wigan did have, you, all, have all dropped. Did you see the stat about the time spent in the playoff places? No. So I've got it here one sec. Where are we? So Coventry, they spent 17 days in the playoff places. They finished fifth. Sunderland were in the top six for 18 days. They snuck in there at the end uh, ahead of Millwall, which is very funny, especially because Charlie Cresswell was injured. Jamie Shackleton was an unused sub, so, you know, whatever. 
Reading, they spent 58 days in the playoff places and they were relegated. Wow. What? Which is, is that, that true? Is, yeah. yeah. They that, started the season really well, didn't they? I know they've had a points deduction. Them and QPR were both kind of towards the top of the yeah. top of the league, weren't Q- they, the early days? QPR spent something like 70 odd days yeah. and they were six points clear of relegation. It is a wild league. I was going to say, it's funny, I looked at like the bottom sort of three or four clubs and Cardiff finished fourth bottom, so just stayed up, albeit by five points in the end. And I thought, that can't be right. How can you have 49 points and be that low down? But they play a lot more games, games, don't they? Yeah, a lot more games. More opportunities to get get points and all that. Um, Congratulations to Warnock. Bollocks to him. (laughs) He's he's done his job fine. I mean, if we do go down, at least we've got the interest of playing Huddersfield next year. That's always, it's close by, isn't it? No, you're not into it? It's tedious, isn't it? It's all very sad, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's a really tedious derby. Because you don't want to lose it it, because they get so excited about it. But winning it just gives you a kind of, oh, that was good. Mm. It's not like you get to really enjoy it because it's just Huddersfield. Yeah, it's, it's a bloody hateful place, isn't it? If ever you need inspiration for not going down, the prospect of going to Millwall again. And mm. look, if, if you look at sort of up and down that division, it's just loads of middling clubs, all of whom get about somewhere between 18, 20, 25,000 fans. I mean, like all of them from Blackburn, Millwall. West Brom, Swansea, Watford, all of them, Preston, Norwich, Bristol, it's all, it's kind of, it's evening out into this like homogenised group of clubs, isn't it? The, the championship. I mean, in some really. ways, it's a good league because it's competitive mm. and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> you sound like it, yeah. <laughs> You're tricking yourself, aren't you? Well, what we do know then is from the Athletic article that the players... Hey, will, you, you've, will... Not, you've not even covered who's coming up, so we're going to be playing. Oh, Plymouth, it's, uh, Plymouth and Ipswich. Plymouth and Ipswich. Uh, yeah. And Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton and Peterborough in the playoffs, which gives you a 50-50 shot of um, some South Yorkshire idiots. Bolton's always a good one because it's close and you get a good allocation. Mm-hmm. So I won't mind that. Has Peterborough still got a terrace for the away end? They Shit. certainly did have. I don't, I, last time we played him. We're not, we, we're not thinking about Peterborough, are we? Since, we, since we've been up here in this rarefied air, like a bunch of... I'm trying prem- to get something to look forward to in a way terrace is nice. Premier League pigs that we are. I'm guessing it's still Darren Ferguson in charge. Is it, cr- it, it will be if yeah. it's not now it, just wait <laughs> give it six months it will be it's like John Sheridan at Oldham <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll, it'll come round again uh, I was going to say we've got um, details on the, the wage drop that the players will will face if we do go down so parachute payments you get that are 55% of central distribution monies in year one and then you get 45% in year two I've done some back of the fag packet calculations on this last night and we got 87.5 million quid in central payments so basically what that is, is I think it's like the, the fees that everybody gets minus the prize money for finishing in the league itself and then all the bonus money you get on top of that for each TV appearance because obviously you're not on mm. TV there and you get your own TV money in the championship which is a pittance, I gather. Anyway, comes out at about 48 million quid according to my calculations. So we'd end up getting 48 million if we went down. So if it is 55% of central distributions, that does explain why the players take like a 50 or 60% wage cut. If relegated... Will be uh, funny to see if we do go down Radrizani and Kinnear campaigning for fairer distribution of the wealth <laughs> as they used to do and as they soon turned against once mm. we were in the Premier League. And we also, we know from the accounts that there's always about a 40 odd million pound bonus. So the wages are probably slightly lower, but incentivized with staying up bonuses, mm. aren't they? So the players will miss out on 40 odd million quid of, of that. So it, actually, when you look at how it's been set up, failure is not the absolute catastrophe. Going down is not the catastrophe that it looks like it might be for someone like Everton. And you've seen Leicester mm. more recently, the reports about the, the state of play there. We're in a position to recover if we choose to make wise decisions. And if this season has maybe taught us anything, it's that wise decisions about coaching and so on and recruitment are probably the absolute cornerstone of a good football club. And we're a terrible club. <laughs> but they, yeah, I mean, if these if these are in place, like the last time we went down, we didn't have agreements like that in place did for no. salary drops so we kept paying Seth Johnson his massive money even though we couldn't play him and he was injured and he, I think he was we were due, at one point we were due to pay more money weren't we if we had to, if we did use him and stuff so I think the thing where we may look bad is as part of having a wage cut normally players will then have a release clause as well so they can they have a get out drop your money but if you've got market value someone else will pay it they'll give you your money back for your salary and whatnot. so I don't know. I guess if Willie Nonto leaves for 15 million, we might be like, oh, okay, that's part of that, is it? Which might be a bit upsetting. Mm. I hope we can, uh, if we do go down, I hope we can keep a few of the sort of core players to rebuild around. Because given... The but Stuart of, Dallas? Well, yeah. I mean, but given the, should we say, limits, some of the limitations we've seen, and I'm thinking not just technical limitations, but mental limitations of the players that we've recruited, and maybe don't seem to have the uh, the minerals for the fight. 
Am I being unfair when I say that? The chance to maybe shed some of that and start again. I don't know. But it, but it's, it seems to be the kind of go-to solution for everything, isn't it? Like we heard on Propaganda this week, Southampton play, uh, fans talking about, we, like, we need to clear out, we need to start again. And that's kind of the go-to mantra, isn't it, when you go down? I think part of the reason I've kind of softened on my stance of getting relegated is that I was reading about how part of the reason Everton are in so much trouble financially and just a bit of a mess of a club is how season after season now they've been chasing their tail and getting it badly wrong, buying terrible players, sacking their manager, getting a new manager, struggling to build a new stadium. And I sort of think, well, rather than keep doing that each year, maybe going down and just having a a relaunch. A hard hard reset. Before we get into that sort of tailspin might be almost the healthiest option. But I suppose let's just stay up and have the takeover and start again from there instead. Yeah, from a position of strength mm. of 100% of the TV money rather than 55% of it. Central distribution, sorry, not, not TV money. I, w- I will say as well, the 15 million for Nonto thing, by the way, I've completely made that up yeah. just because I know sometimes people will go, oh, I must have heard that. I have not heard that. I have no idea. Yeah, you've heard it's 15.2 million. Willie <laughs> Nonto can stay. And the other side to this is that, you know, if they do survive and the stress of, and I know we we saw last season was an absolute bin fire and it sort of ended up rolling into this season. But you go back to the start of the season and that Wolves fixture opening day, even if you had trepidation around foot, you know, the football and Marsh's style of football, you go into that first day full of optimism. You know that you've got you know 38 games in front of you and it doesn't have to be the bin fire. It doesn't have to be the eternal struggle, does mm-hmm. it? Particularly when you win, was it two out of our opening three or whatever it was that we got? Points on the board, eight points in five, I believe, as the Optostat says. Mad, isn't it, that? We will quite easily defy it. We're very much odds on to defy it, Which, we? if you're not familiar, it's uh, Optus' stat was eight points in five games give you a 90... Was it 96% chance of staying up? It was high. But if, if you actually look at that the other way, and people have been pointing this out, since we got those eight points in five games, how many have we had since? Are we on 30 points now? Yes. So let's have a look, shall we? Let's, let's top that one up. What's the maths on that? That's that 20... 20 we've had 22 points in the... How many games have we played? 30 Jeez. games since? <laughs> That's Jesus. pathetic, isn't it? It is pathetic. It's been fun, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's been awful. It's been awful. It'll soon be over. <laughs> that's, a, that's as much as I can say for, for good stuff for this season. Uh, Chris Armas has left, hasn't he, now as well? We know for sure. That was uh, also confirmed in the Athletic article. Oh, we never knew him, did we? How, how many days did he actually work? How many? It was, was about it two weeks was it, before Jesse got sacked. Bless him. Stuck what? around for Scoobs, though, didn't he? You ever done a job oh, for yeah. less than twelve days? I've done it. I once did a job for four hours. Did you? Yeah, it was you know Dunn Stores, which is ah, yeah. it's the um, it's like sort of the Irish Marks and Spencers kind mm. of a closey. I think it does food as well, mm. and it opened nearby to me, and I was I, know, I was seventeen at the time, and went in and did my first shift, and basically no one told me what to do. I was just sort of wandering around aimlessly, and I thought I don't want to come back and do this again, so I just didn't show up again. <laughs> did you get paid for that day? I did. But madly enough, I had to go take my uniform back that I'd been given. So I had to do like a bit of a walk of shame there. And to get my, I think I was on about £4 something an hour. So I was owed about 16 quid, 17 quid or something <laughs> like that. I had to go in and collect it from the cash office in an envelope. Nice. Like a walk, a complete and utter walk of shame. <laughs> you should have um, taken your clothes off at the end of the shift and handed them in. <laughs> got on the bus in your pants. <laughs> so if you're doing the return trip. A strange old thing. Anyway, ended up at Sainsbury's, ended up as a Sainsbury's trolley pushing ultra. So, uh. Good. It worked out well in the end. They paid uh, they paid double time on a Sunday, which was nice. Eight quid an hour when you were 17 was... Oh. <laughs> Felt like a bloody millionaire, Michael, I did. Millionaire. Um, I suspect Chris Armas has done all right, though, out of his uh, his little stint at, at Leeds. He's uh, he's already knocking about again with Jesse, isn't he? Mm. For uh, a Chicago Fire game, is it, this weekend? Is that what they played for, the pair of them? Yes, yeah. that's why they're there. Best mm. mates, weren't they? Want someone with the exact same ideas as him as his assistant. <laughs> so, you know, just, so you can stop pretending to listen to Rennie Marich, was it? <laughs> Put your laptop away, ready for fuck's sake. I'm not interested. <laughs> just, daft, just so they're hushing him. Put your daft little computer game away, ready. I'm not bothered. <laughs> we, we just put it down the middle and get after it. Uh, under 21s. Um, some good news there anyway. They beat Villa. And... You went to this, Rob, didn't you? I did, yes. It, I mean, Moscow let us into a secret that you, you you forgot if it was West Ham or Aston Villa at one point. Yeah, I have written a, <laughs> I have written a blog about this in that um, my interest in going to the game was more just avoiding having to keep checking the uh, Premier League mm. scores than actually being interested in uh, the Leeds game. Because I, I also thought it was a two-legged game and it was uh, just before it kicked off, the announcer was like, you know, extra time, penalties, you never know. I was like, oh, right, okay. And yeah, I had to keep checking 
I knew the, t- the team we were playing were in claret and blue, mm. but I had to keep checking the scoreboard whether it was uh, West Ham or Aston Villa. But um, And the presence of Sonny Perkins is always going to kind of put West Ham in your mind, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. I mean, I'm still not entirely sure. It was Villa, right? Uh, it's, so it, so it, it says was, on the piece of paper. It, it, right, it was Villa, yes. Yeah. But how did we, how did we play? Um, it was all right. Bit of a shaky start. They had Charlie Allen at right back, bless him, who isn't a right back. Uh, he's an attacker. Are you, are you suggesting that we have deficiencies at fullback? Well, also on at left back, it was Chris Moore, who's a right footed centre half. Mm. Um, Perfect. But actually, they, so Villarreal West Ham's left winger was very good uh, and kept beating Charlie Allen. <laughs> Villarreal West Ham. Who kind of went over to the dugout, like, what do you expect me to do? Um, but yeah, they swapped the fullbacks, which is kind of a. This was a bit like me at Dunn's Stores, just <laughs> not knowing what to do. Sadly, no one was there at the bench to tell me. But yeah, they switched. Uh, Chris Moore over to right back which kind of solved the issue after West Ham or Villa had gone 1-0 up um, and yeah Leeds got into it Georgino Rutter was playing yeah, I don't know <laughs> I did, he look, did he look like £35 million pound of football well this is the problem you can't watch him without thinking he's our club record signing mm. and you know he showed a good turn of pace which kind of a few times which I don't think we've really seen in the first team he, he was tracking back and getting stuck in but yeah he's still lacking that kind of moment of quality that makes you go oh yeah there we go like um, those games are always kind of better occasions for like kids going to like some of their first Leeds mm. games and uh, my mate Steve brought along his eight year old son Roman who after five minutes just shouted crack open the good stuff which, <laughs> which I thought was the, I'm going to start using that although it was the most perfect <laughs> shout I've ever heard at a football game what did he mean by that exactly just do something I think it was uh, he, he was really into the match can we have that as the episode title yeah of course yeah, yeah. It was, well I asked him where he, he got it from he's like oh I just came up with it he was like I was I was thinking of cracking open the good biscuits and then, <laughs> I was like yeah that's an, an absolutely perfect metaphor for it yeah more good advice um, but yeah so uh he was a bit disappointed because he was well into marching on together. Stood on his seat, scarf above his head. Steward came words. and escorted him out, <laughs> yeah. threw him in the cells. And then, uh, and then he was he was like, "Well, why has everyone stopped singing?" So, oh, because the game started and everyone's sort of watching it. And that was when he shouted, "Crack open the good stuff!" But yeah, and then so Leeds won. Matteo Joseph scored from a corner from close range. He's good as Joseph. I like him. Works really hard. Got an eye for a goal. And then Sonny Perkins' finish was delightful, sort of falling over and still stuck it into the far corner. So there's the cornerstone of the, the season of the team. So what you're saying is thank you, Victor Alter. Victor Alter has not done all bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's easy to cast people as either heroes or villains, isn't I mean, it? which is a silly principle. It, <laughs> <laughs> it sort of showed you the reason why people are upset with Victor Alter in that you watched Matteo Joseph next to £35 million Jorginho Rutter and thought, I'd have Joseph in the team ahead of Rutter, mm. probably. But you know, that's not his fault. Rutter's fault, to be clear. It is Arthur's fault. Arthur's fault, yeah. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Part two of the show now then is the Newcastle preview. We return to Ellen Road. You see, that's another reason why we're going to stay up. Two home games out of the remaining three. Oh, it's a fortress. <laughs> How many home games have we lost this season? That is worth having a look at. The last two home games, just to remind myself, are Leicester, which we drew, Liverpool and Palace, aren't they? Mm. You don't get league tables that are broken down by home and away form anymore, do you? I'm going to have to probably go to Wikipedia now and you're going to have to talk while I Google it and all the rest of it. Can, can we name more. the games we've won at home this season? That might be Wolves, Chelsea, Chelsea. Wolves, yeah. Chelsea, Bournemouth. Wolves, Bournemouth, Southampton. Yeah. So, cause for optimism there. <laughs> Some stuff that happened um, a while ago. Have any of the teams we... Oh, no, I suppose, yeah, I was going to say Southampton have kept their manager, haven't they? I was going to say, I feel like I feel like we beat Chelsea and Wolves, but then at some point they realised how terrible that was and had to sack their managers because they were like, we can't be having this. Southampton had already played that trick. Yeah, twice. They'd have had to go desperate and get someone like Big Sam in <laughs> if they'd have sacked the manager again. Yeah, yeah, they were already on the third by the time we beat them, weren't they? So probably, probably sick of changing managers. Well, we've only lost six games at home this season. Mm. Feels like more, doesn't it? It does feel like more. Yeah. Beat Wolves, beat Chelsea. Two out of two at home. Hundo record there. Mm-hmm. That's good, isn't it? And then we drew with Everton. Drew 0-0 with Villa. Then we lost to Arsenal. Lost to Fulham. Beat Bournemouth. Lost to Man City. Drew with West Ham. Drew with Brentford. Lost, home, lost home. To, hang on a minute. Lost to Man United. Beat Southampton. We drew with Brighton. And then we had three home games on the bounce, if you remember. We beat Forest. Uh, lost to Palace. A lost forest, to Liverpool. Knows. And then drew with Leicester. So it's not actually been as bad as you might think. I feel like some of those home draws are what might ultimately cost us, like, just beat West Ham at home. When you go through, at the start of the season, penciling in where your points are coming from, West Ham at home is one where you think, yeah, you should probably aim to win that. Mm. Palace, aim to win that. Well, we should have done, shouldn't we, really? Until we collapsed. Yeah. And then, you, obviously, you got your late chance against Leicester, a couple of late chances there, which we could have lost that game as well, admittedly. But yeah, there have been opportunities, haven't there? There have been opportunities. And we've got yeah, Newcastle and Spurs, the remaining home games which um, I know everyone's quite miserable about the prospect of it. Last year's game against Newcastle, doesn't this feel like a lifetime ago? It was January doesn't last... Doesn't the Bournemouth game feel like a lifetime mm. ago? When I was doing the prep sheet for it, there was still stuff on the sheet from the Bournemouth game, and I was like, What's, why is this on here? This was <laughs> this was like six months ago. The, the Bournemouth game felt years ago, about two days after the Bournemouth mm. game. Like A lot happened. It's mad. The Leeds United, are they... I don't know. I, I guess they're not, because we don't have any experience of supporting anybody else, but they do have... A, a way of sort of scaling up drama and constantly serving it up to us in a way that just drags everything out to a painful extent. It has been like a quite frightening reminder of how it used to always be like this, mm. basically. In the championship, particularly under Chilino, it was constantly chief exec's gone, sporting director's <laughs> gone, manager's gone, players have been assholes, mm. lost a legal case. <laughs> yeah. Standard stuff. We've not had a winding up order yet. Owner insults fans. That was always a favourite, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, they got rid of Arthur before he did that. That would have been coming this weekend, I guess, wouldn't it? It would have been in the West Stand. It's mad as well, look, people. looking at last season, and this was the thing that sort of tipped us over the edge, this this Newcastle game. Because we we'd actually, we'd won two games on the bounce prior to this. We'd beaten Burnley at home in the New Year fixture. And then we went to West Ham and, and won, didn't we? It was when Jack, did Jackie score a hat-trick in that mm-hmm. game. Uh, and you thought, oh, well, okay. We finally we've discovered our we've got our mojo back. We've found form again, and then we went onto this game, dominated against Newcastle from what I can remember. Yeah, yeah. They they were time wasting from the first minute yeah. more or less, and then we ended up losing. Can have some of that back this time, I would imagine. <laughs> ended up losing one nil, and then the game after that is the Villa game when Radrazani decides to chuck it all in the bin with Bielsa, and then we lost one, two, three, four, five, six games on the bounce after that, mm. which is mad, isn't it? And that and Moscow confidently predicted after this one that Newcastle wouldn't win another game that season. And that, I think they've they've lost like <laughs> they've twice. Got the best they've, lost, they've lost twice since. I was going to say they've got like the best best record over a calendar year of any team in the Premier League or something. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, that that game we we could have gone absolutely miles clear of them, couldn't we? But um, we would have basically have put ourselves in a position to stay up if yeah, we beat Newcastle. I was looking at the table. We a win that day would have put us on twenty five points, left them on twelve. As it was, they finished 11th on 49 points that season. Mad, isn't it? That was because that was a turning point for them. It's when they got they got their mojo back, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they also had players coming in, didn't they, as well? Because it was January, so it's when they started bringing players in. Although you think back, like one of those players was Chris Wood, who 
Never did a thing. But also, it's just sometimes giving you a competent Premier League footballer instead of, let's say, a bunch of children. Mm. You know, it's fine, isn't it? For <laughs> when you've got bottomless pockets of money. I mean, it was probably a good thing that they did sign Chris Wood because it kind of knackered Burnley over as well. Which did yeah, help in the long run. That was true. Mm. But yeah, I do still feel quite bitter about that game because it was, we were definitely the better team for the most of it and it was um, strange how Eddie Howe's teams just always seems to be them that are mm. cheating and having, you know, time wasting, having little water breaks and stuff like that and uh, the stats seem to back that up this season. I think they're the team with the ball in play least this season. I think what, there was a stat, did you see the stat about, I think it was Pope uh, yeah, takes, the keeper the that takes the longest out of the whole Premier League and his it, goal kicks. I remember working with someone in my previous job who was a Stoke fan and he used to always say how's Bournemouth's teams were absolutely awful even mm. though he had this reputation as the, the fairy tale manager and what a great story it was um, but I enjoyed he was asked about it this week wasn't he and he uh, he basically dismissed the stat and he was like I don't, oh, I'm not bothered if the numbers show that we're actually we always want it in play and play it's, on the front foot it's a shithouse is how he always, dodges, <laughs> he always dodges questions like that he dodges anything about Saudi Arabia and he dodges questions like that it's just like he just takes no responsibility for himself yeah like, I mean imagine if he did address the Saudi Arabia issue what would happen to him though well yeah you know bin bags come to the embassy and all that yeah <laughs> anyway last year's lineup was Melier, Dallas Strauch, Urente, Ailing. that was your back four with a keeper behind you got Click Cock, Harrison, Rodrigo, Rafinha and Daniel James playing. Most of them won't play this time. I can only think of, what, potentially Strout, but not if Cock is fit. Ailing might play. Maybe Cock if he's fit. Harrison will. Rodrigo maybe. So you're looking at maybe three or four. No Rafinha, no Dan James. I think Rodrigo should play. Well, from Yeah, because mm. he can actually finish. What do you think he's going to do with the balls we put, pump up to him? Don't know, but if it drops to him, he might actually score. Whereas if it drops to Bamford, I probably I, won't. Do you not suspect like Big Sam's method would probably be to stay in the game and stick Bamford up front, hold it up, do that, do the donkey work, and then just unleash Rodrigo later on to try and pinch one? Maybe, maybe so. But I don't know. I'd I'd like to think that given the way the results went on Monday, whoever is up front, Allardyce just has to get players closer to them because yeah. it, it's it, whoever plays there. It was an absolute thankless task at the weekend where I'm not really sure what they could have done I know Bamford maybe could have been better and people have criticised him for his hold up play and stuff but if you are driven him off Twitter Rob indeed which you know that's nice isn't it it's just the way the world works now but if you're stood up there on your own with no leads play within 20-30 yeah. yards of you and you have four defenders around you and the four of the best defenders in the yeah, world around you as well ball's just getting hoofed up to you I don't really know what you're meant to do <laughs> like the Rodrigo goal comes from actually having players around him and mm. it was Firpo winning the header wasn't it what was Firpo doing in that position <laughs> oh yeah I was supposed to said thinking. before he's, he's a free spirit <laughs> he is he is he's very much a free spirit I um, wonder if he'll play actually if um, or if we'll if, if all the centre backs are fit whether Verbo would move across the left back maybe or... yeah, I think Allardyce likes it he likes a centre half at full back doesn't he a big mm. lad well they, Newcastle of course have the biggest lad don't they is their, their left back if Dan, Dan Byrne is fit of course yeah I mean he, he on the time wasting thing he actually said after the Arsenal game, we can't complain if people do it to us because we do it all the time, basically, which kind of flew in the face of what Eddie Howe said. Yeah, I mean, I, having criticised Eddie Howe, I, I desperately want us to shit out of winning this because mm. I don't think we can do it playing expansive football. Well, we're not going to be trying to, are we? I don't so think. let's not, let's just um, set pieces. I mean, that's, that is the interesting thing for me is like, I've never experienced Sam Allardyce's football, although I kind of understand it in the abstract. I don't, I'm almost I'm almost excited to find out what it is that I see. I feel like I know what I'm going to see, but I need to witness it with my eyes to kind of to appreciate it. Wes, long throws, might as well. I mean, that that was um, one of the things in Phil Hayes' article for The Athletic with Adam Crafton, which is what we've all suspected and have seen with our own eyes, but how there were concerns that the, under since Bielsa was sacked, the players just basically haven't been coached about how to use the ball in possession, mm-hmm. which is what we've seen, so... You know, they tried... Any, uh, I was going to say, when Sam Allardyce flags it up as well, when he says that they don't really know what to do, when we get the ball. I mean, this is a guy who's not... Said, well, he, he said we, the opposite. I think he said we were all right in he's, possession. Which, no, it's, it's in the wake of the Man City game. Mm, he said we looked no. a little bit tentative in possession, I think. Because that was the worry when he, in his first two press conferences, he was sort of saying, you know, out of possession, we really need to work. But in possession, I think they're fine and there's not much. Uh, and, and, then thought, he, and then he watched us. Yeah, well, yeah, well, exactly. I was thinking, uh, and, it, and it is Manchester City. We should say that, you know, like that, that is the context for it. But, um, but if the players have not been coached into how to use the ball for over a year, basically, mm-hmm. then you might as well go full Allardyce 
get McKenney on long throws and, and see I was what works. Say, you know, when people, it gets their backs up when you talk about Bielsa in relation to, to Marsh, but this is the kind of point that we were making all along, wasn't it? That the transition from one style of football where everybody knew where they had to be, where their options would be, where you're supposed to pass it at any given time. We went from that to a system that was essentially the opposite. It was the antithesis of it, wasn't it? There was never any particular care about using the ball. It was just get it into the right areas. So. And another thing in that article was that there are concerns the players aren't fit enough. So again, it's pointless trying to be aggressive and press high and, you know, rash, rash, rash. Actually, you might as well just sit deep. Mm-hmm. We can't use the ball. We're not fit enough to run and press. So sit deep, can't use the ball, just hoof it. We're, we're a real mishmash of different things now, aren't we? Because the pressing style was from Bielsa. The continuation of it was Marsh. But now we end up in a situation where we're trying to press in midfield with Rock and McKenney and Falshaw. Mm. Yeah, we said this, didn't we? Was it on propaganda? Like, we said and, this? And, the, and I know Falshaw was, Bielsa loved him, but you know, that was three, four years ago and several surgeries ago. And I think he, you know, he tries his best, bless him, but I don't think he's the most mobile player in the world anymore. But mm. still, bizarrely, possibly the most mobile of our three midfielders. Mm. <sighs> it's not really gone to plan, has it? No. <laughs> But um, feels like we're repeating ourselves. There are, there, are people, there are people who can press further forward, like Bamford can press and Harrison, and I think if Nonso plays, he's capable of it. Or even Somerville, I thought, had showed signs of getting more into that side of it. Because I know he seemed a bit of a passenger off the ball, but last time we saw him, I thought he was pretty good defensively. The Leicester game, he played mm. in that, didn't he? I thought he was good in that defensively and doing all the closing down stuff. So we do have players who are capable of doing it, but pressing only works. If, it, if, if you press unevenly, it actually creates more of a problem, doesn't it? Because you leave... If not everyone's doing it, it you know, you're, you're just leaving gaps behind you, essentially. So we'll see. But I, I don't think we'll see pressing. I think we'll see... I suspect we might see the same lineup as Man City, or same setup as Man City, but with players maybe pushed further forward. Mm. Thinking about the games we won earlier in the season when we didn't really know what to expect with the, the Wolves game, it unfolded as it unfolded. But thinking back to that Chelsea game, we, we tended to prosper, particularly in the first half of the season, better when we weren't controlling possession. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe, yeah, maybe if it's a case of playing to your strengths and you're prepared to sacrifice possession, it's not going to be pretty to watch. And I think, you know, you look at the the groans that kind of went up when Gracia's team were dropping into defensive formations and not pressing from the front line. Thinking about the Brighton game, remember the groans that went up against Brighton mm-hmm. when nobody was pressing and the crowd has become so accustomed to pressing is that you almost wonder what the response is going to be to seeing that sort of football. I think the one difference you'll get with Allardyce is under Gracia, it felt like no matter what the scoreline, he would be calm and keep things exactly the same. Whereas you think, if nothing else, Allardyce will probably throw in a striker and tell him to go, go and kick, kick someone. Yeah. Which might have a limited impact, but at least it'd be someone trying to do something. Whereas with Gracia, sometimes you'd be watching it thinking, just fucking like, change something. You've got to change, you've got to change, make some subs or you've got to tell them to play in a different way because what's going on here is giving them absolutely nothing to think about. It's just incredibly easy to just defend against this. So do something else. And I think Allardyce will do something else. And it's a bit of an intangible, but do you think the kind of, I think in the do or die aspect to all this now possibly helps them stop thinking about what's coming next because there is no next because next is the championship if you don't do something. Thinking back to like, you know, the, Bre- the Brentford game when they pulled it out of the bag last season. Mm. And I'm not suggesting they do just enough to get through to the final game of the season, but with three games left, it is, it really is do or die time. We've been saying it for about two months now, but, they don't have the luxury of upcoming games where you can go, oh, we might get points there because they've, they've fucked all those. Yeah, I mean, this was the point of the season we looked at a couple of months ago and went, well, hopefully by the time we get to that bit, we'll be all right. But we're far from all right. <laughs> <laughs> we're absolutely in the shit. So, and that's why we're now, you know, odds on to go down because mm-hmm. the, the escape route was was Palace, it was Leicester. And now we're, we're left with high-flying Newcastle, West Ham away and Spurs. I think that's the hope, isn't it? That they don't just leave it to the next two games because the, the Monday's results have really put the pressure on us. Mm. We... Well, the, the fact is you could end up getting cut adrift mm. if, if something doesn't go your way from the other games. I mean, I know I was flagging up the, the fixtures before and just saying they look difficult for everybody in this round of fixtures, which were just to repeat it. We've obviously got Newcastle at home, Forrester away at Chelsea, who have now found their, their, their scoring boots, haven't they, under Mighty Mighty Frank. Always been a fan. Uh, Leicester are at home to Liverpool. Everton have got Man City at home. It's an opportunity. I mean, even, I know it's not going to feel like it, but a point here is not terrible. Although we've just reached a point now where doing that and then hoping for something better next week is not really on, is it? Need to win. I think we've got to win this. 
uh, just because we're running out of chances. You mm. can't rely. You cannot. You cannot rely on winning those. West Ham's not an easy place to go, and Spurs at home. They've they've got goals now of Spurs. I know they're a complete shit show, but they've got players who can who can score against us undoubtedly. Well, everybody in this division has got players who can hurt you. Even we saw that you know playing against Southampton. You know that if you give away a free kick, James Ward-Prowse can punish mm. you. So I don't think we need to be too overly concerned with the idea that people can hurt us, but we do need to do something, don't we? Yeah, win this, please. <laughs> yes, that would that would make everything feel better. I kind of hope I don't mind us keeping it tight in this. If we, I think the atmosphere will be good from the off because it's Allardyce's first home game and Arthur's gone, and I think there will be a little bit of a lift from that, even if it's slightly unjustified, maybe. But I think the crowd will be. It will. It has immediately taken some of the toxic edge off it. I would say of, of the changes. But as we know, a couple of early goals for Newcastle and I can imagine it might turn fairly quickly. Mm. But hopefully we can stay in it and you know what Ellen Road can be like on these days. If, it, if, it can, if you can get the crowd with you and it, you get them a bit of momentum, it's there for us. That's what I mean about the do or die aspect to this is that we can't focus now on anything further down the road. And I think the crowd sort of as a, as a single entity kind of knows that and knows now that the players, even if some of them have annoyed us, don't deserve it, they'll get overwhelming levels of backing as long as they give it everything, as long as they compete. The crowd at the end of last season was brilliant. Mm. <laughs> the atmosphere at Ellen Road was really good last season, right until the end. I know there were a couple of moments where it turned. It was that Brighton game, wasn't it? But even that was, and that was the last, the very last home mm. game when it looked like we were going to go down. So as long as they keep it tight early on and just show a bit of ambition as well, show it's not just going to be soak it all up and just not have really any idea. Because that was, that was the disappointing thing about the Man City game is that and I know it's Man City it comes to that caveat but it was when we got the goal but then there was kind of no real mm. urgency to go get another and get the ball back and have a go whereas they're not going to get away with that this weekend I don't think No, and the other aspect to this is that Newcastle are not without pressure as well you know they are trying to secure their Champions League place you've got Liverpool on six wins on the bounce or whatever it is now Man United breathing down the necks it's you know they've got something to try and cling on to and pressure can do funny things to teams towards the end of the season, particularly if you've not been in that situation before. You know, they can sometimes not cope with it, ideally. But we'll see, won't we? We'll see. So us having avoided relegation last year makes us more experienced than Newcastle trying to get in the Champions League. Big old advantage to us. You've played right into our hands there, Newcastle. <laughs> you predicting a, good, a win. <laughs> it's a good job you're not ninth. As we come out of winter and head into spring, energy prices are still sky high, meaning receiving an energy bill can be as stressful as glancing at the league table. Did you know you could get ready for next winter and save up to £1,150 a year by upgrading to a new, more efficient boiler and using a Google Nest learning thermostat? Boxed, take away the hassle of upgrading your boiler to a brand new A-rated one. The process takes just a few minutes on their website. Couldn't be easier. Installation is carried out by an expert qualified installer and is included in the price that you quoted. A 0% finance is available, subject to status. Boxed will give you a fixed, fair price in just 90 seconds. And as a listener to this show, you can save an additional £50 on your online quote by using the code TSB50. Head to boxed.co.uk, that's B-O-X-T.co.uk. Use that code TSB50 to get ahead of the game, upgrade your boiler and start saving money now. Time for part three, and it's the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Uh, as the first half, or the first serving, the first course of Heroes and Villains here, which we subdivide into a, a number of um, a number of subcategories, including petty grievances and genuine candidates. So do we have any petty grievances to file away? First of all, that's, that basically petty grievances, we're not going to win it, but we just need to register a mild bit of dissatisfaction. I mean, I think Marco's been harsh to nominate Allardyce first week, but he has nominated him for, I, I cannot watch that fucking face chewing like a horse for three more games. <laughs> going to have to do. Yeah, you are going to see it. Just uh, It's basic table manners, though, that, isn't it? The, the whole chewing mm. aspect. So We've criticised Thomas Frank for it in the past, haven't we? So yeah. It's yeah. only right. Anyone else? Matt W nominates Furpo. Bit brainless again for letting Mares cut inside onto his left foot. But, you know, Allardyce did say afterwards that it's quite difficult to stop that doing because it's basically what he's made his entire career doing Riyad Mahrez right so as for genuine candidates for uh, for villains nobody gets a mention Wedge doesn't want any villains just positive vibes only it's all that Wedge has got left other than that Orta Man City things Mahrez Gundogan Guardiola Man City's fans yeah I mean the, the, the idea of them being too up and leaving on the 80th minute just because you know they've got Real Madrid next week and it's better to get back to the car it is a bit like that there there's a 
because the expansion of their fan base, like the core fans who are obviously, who've been going for years, you know, like we've done, because we've done um, the guide to this week, he's going back to 2002 mm-hmm. when Terry Venables, Leeds United, beat them 3 0 at Ellen Road, season opener after O'Leary had left. And that was very much Man City, the original version of Man City. Mm. It has changed since then into what it is now. But the expansion of their fans into the bigger stadium, it's almost like a theatre going kind of vibe about it with mm. the uh, the extra fans. I think it was. Um... Click did an interview in Poland recently where he compared the Etihad to playing at a theatre because he was saying, referring to the game last season when we got beat seven nil and all he could hear was the was the Leeds fans mm. until the end. It is a they're just they're pointlessly good. <laughs> it's just, it does. Kind of, it's taking all the jeopardy out of yeah, supporting a football team, hasn't it? Kind it? Of yeah, sucks the fun out of their own success. It's like when they beat Grathia's Watford in the FA Cup final, mm. and that was that six nil or something. At yeah. the end of that game, you could just hear the Watford fans singing. And the City fans like weren't even really celebrating their goals because like, oh, scored another one, have we? Well, that's the thing. It's like we're, we're coming off the back of them playing Real Madrid in the Bernabeu last night. And didn't they go out of it last year in the semi-final mm. to Real Madrid? And there's almost a kind of, oh, well, you've got another one next year. Don't worry mm. about it. It's funny from listening to City Extra because then obviously earlier in the season they were not top of the league and our sort of favourites. But listening to them then, they're going, oh, why do we always do this? Why is this always the City way? It's like, haven't you won it like, Four, year, four years out of five or something and you're going to win it again this year it's like fucking hell lads you've got dominance like even like scum in the 90s didn't win weren't this dominant like you finish every season on about 100 points yeah. like there is no jeopardy <laughs> there's no jeopardy in this you've got all the best players and the best manager like there's there is nothing complicated about it, this it is like when you're a kid and you'd play FIFA on like the easy setting mm-hmm. and you'd score like eight goals each game and then eventually you start to think What's the point? I'm just doing the same thing each time. Like I'm scoring the same goal. That's why I time. tweeted from the square ball account during the second half of that Man City game that it was just boring. It's like there's just no, you can't compete, can you? Because the the levels are so far apart. Mm. You know, from where we are to where to where they are, and uh, it is a problem. As Phil said on the things on the Phil Hayes show, he said it. It's, it's a problem that um, that the Premier League kind of has to think about. Does football want to be this uncompetitive? Does it want to concentrate all the the power and success into the hands of so few few clubs? It's uh, there needs to be cycle. There needs to be cycles, don't there? I mean, there may be a different cycle comes around when you take out Guardiola from that dynamic. You can have him bumped off. I was thinking he might. He just might leave. Oh, okay. Speak, <laughs> speak for yourself. They're suggesting he's taken out. Do you know a guy? <laughs> <laughs> it won't be Pat Bamford, eh? Uh, hey. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, so you, you know, we know from our own experience how important a coach is, and that changing coaches can alter mm. the dynamic of things. Well, look, so at, much. I suppose you look at Scum, don't you? Like they felt. Yeah, I know they. I know they had Arsenal came in and Chelsea with the money wobbled them for a bit, and then Man City. But it felt like they were always going to be up there. And then Ferguson went and sort of. I mean, you know, they still bump around the top four, don't they? But they're nothing like they were. So yeah, as well as Chelsea proved though, you can put a coach in who doesn't quite work, and then you get an owner who's going absolutely crackers with buying players, and none of it quite fits together. So hey, Lampard's turned it around though. He's, he has. He has in recent weeks. He's, anyway, he's turned it around with a win. Uh, anyway, so other candidates: Andy Madley, the ref. Um, yeah, well, I've got a theory actually. And Weston, um, Weston McKenney. Well, yeah, just because you know <laughs> <laughs> things. Just because of Weston McKenney things, but I've got a theory about Andy Expensive Madley. Things. No, as we, as, oh, please don't libel him. No, no, as we covered, I, I'm not my libel him. Tom, Tom is the one who calls him a Leeds hating dog shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> but bear in mind the, the Huddersfield thing. Who scored the goals for Man City? Uh, Gundogan. How do you spell that? What word's in the middle of it? Gundog. <laughs> Makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> Does it? We need to go through his games and see how many other... <laughs> K9-related. Um, yeah, how many other K9-related goal scorers there are. I'm, I'm glad you've made that what is clearly a very obvious joke, Michael. <laughs> it's going to be a hell of an offshoot YouTube channel that you're creating. <laughs> you and Matt Letizia. Me and Matt. Tin foil on your head. Uh, thanks for that. Now I have to decide whether that stays in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who's your uh, who's your villain of the week Man City stuff just the whole concept the whole thing isn't it? play Calvin as well you miserable bastards he's the, he's the only joyous thing about your club fine uh, player of the year uh, and scores on the doors for the Man City game mm. it did get better just about man of the match Rodrigo with a bang, a bang on seven average mm. did only one person vote uh, there wasn't as much feedback as normal because I think everyone just walked at this game and went meh <laughs> Your low, your low scorer then was matter, it? Rocker and Strauch was just above him. The ref actually outscored the pair of them. Mm. It says a lot about this game that 
Brendan Aronson gets 3.91 and I completely forgot he played. <laughs> it really was just a blank afternoon. Yeah, the scores ranged from just over three to, to seven. Robles scoring quite high, which is good. Verber as well. Allardyce getting just, just sub six. Are we going to have an offshoot manager of the year competition here as well? It's going to be Scoobs, I think. Right. <laughs> Probably. I think he deserves it, quite frankly. Uh, as for player of the year and how it affects that, Adams <laughs> Adams again stays top of it by, yeah. by setting this one out. Talk of him being back in training now and being back for the Spurs game potentially. If he wants to win this award, it's best off not. No? No. Stay set out. You'll win this. If you just if you can just not play again, you'll definitely win this award, Tyler. Uh, and with the averages creeping down, Verba and Dan James separated only by one one hundredth of a <laughs> of a thing. So we've got Adams top, Verba second, Dan James is third, uh Willie Nonto fourth, only separated by the thinnest of margins, with click not far off in your top five. So Yeah, so another bad game from Verba or Nonto, we'll see Click and James climb into the top three, <laughs> potentially. We have to really think about the format here, don't we? There's, yeah. um, there's also a very good chance that a couple of clean sheets and Joel Robles wins it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or it's still there for like Sonny Perkins to come off the bench and score the goal that keeps us up. <laughs> and that's it, player of the season. <laughs> that's player Which, of the to season. Be, to be honest, the way that the season's gone, I'd be, I'd be all for it. Yeah. Give it yeah. to somebody for a, for a one-game performance. And down the bottom, our record signing and potential... Equal record signing, Weston McKennie and Jorginho Ruta are down the bottom there. Oh dear. Oh dear. Gatano Barad, Hero of the Week Award, is next. Candidates for this. We have Leeds candidates. Uh, Non-Leeds candidates. Not many, actually. No. In this it's... one, again, it's another fallow week. Um, so, Hero nominations. Big Sam, Robles, Rodrigo and Verba. I mean, Big Sam's nomination from Wedges, why not? Hmm. <laughs> Which isn't a reason. No. Uh, never. I never thought we could possibly have Big Sam as a hero candidate I mean, which is weird isn't it that was basically our reaction when we all ha- when we hired him it was mm. why not I guess that's as best as you can say about roll, roll the dice and all that uh, Harland as non-leads candidates gets uh, a mention as well for his uh, his profligate shooting against us at the Etihad didn't score last night either did he no useless do you know why facing a team in all white yeah maybe echoes <laughs> mental echoes oh Real Madrid are good would be another reason that he didn't is... score I, I don't know why he didn't score against us that can only be <laughs> Some sort of weird psychological block. Uh, glitch in the matrix. Mm. Yeah. Uh, who Who is your leading candidate? Yeah. I mean, Robles got quite a few nominations. Didn't do anything wrong particularly. I know Moscow was trying to pin some blame on him yesterday, but... We, we know he hates keep, he hates keepers, doesn't he? As we've seen. No, he likes, he likes Melier. He makes compilation videos of young keepers. Well, that is... Yeah, he wouldn't mess with Robles. He looks quite a big unit. Mm. Um, a flimsy Bailey Peacock Farrell. Premier League goalkeeper again, isn't he? Is he? Is he still at Burnley? Yep. Really? Is it, bloody hell. <laughs> what, are you, what are you leaning towards with this, by the way? Hero? Yeah. Uh, whoever, really. Yeah. Rodrigo scored. A is darling, that enough? A darling player, as Alice says. Doesn't get enough unconditional love from Leeds fans, and he deserves it. I must admit, I'm still a bit bitter about Rodrigo, sort of the way the last two seasons went. But, mm. you know, that's me just being cynical. Um, but what I, we can do now, now Otto's gone under the bus, is we can pin all of this on him every mm. bad decision that's been made since we got promoted just pin it on Arta he's the reason why Rodrigo can't press that seems fair enough mm. yeah this is hero though isn't it so we can't um, mm, I mean Harrison nominates relegation just the sooner we can accept it the better it'll feel <laughs> you've put this one in because you and Harrison are you're Harrison aren't you <laughs> the better it'll feel when we inevitably stay up is what he says mm. but I just think the better it'll feel when we just know it's better to be certain isn't it it is yeah certainty I'd, yeah. I'd probably go Harland because I do feel like all the good vibes that did come out of the weekend were basically because he missed a load of chances. Mm. And he's a Leeds boy. Let's say he did it on purpose, even though he did look quite frustrated by the whole thing. Yeah, it's weird because Big Sam got six... No, what was it? What was his score? Five point something, wasn't 5. it? 5.94-ish. 5. 5.94, yeah. which isn't bad, but if Haaland puts those chances away, he probably gets about three, doesn't he? Mm. Even though the performance is exactly the same. And that one where he kicked it onto his own foot. Was that, funny. That was brilliant. That's like something I could do. Slapstick comedy, that. Yeah. It's great to see when you see like a really someone who's exceptional at something doing something absolutely terrible. That you could do. That I could do. Yeah. Did you see Lionel Rich at, the, <laughs> at that concert, by the way? Very similar. He did it. I, I only saw a clip of it. Um, he did. He played the coronation concert thing. Oh, I didn't see that. What? He goes, meow. He's doing some strange noises in it. It's worth, it's worth looking up. Like a cat. It's a bit like, you know, the Elton John, I'm still standing. Oh, that yeah. That one. Yeah. It's, it's on a par with that. Is he not? Still got it, or is it? It, what? Was, it was a way off. Right. It was a way off the mark. Could you sing Lionel Richie's hits for us? <laughs> In the style of Robbie Savage? Uh, maybe another one. Maybe another Dressed day. as a Smurf. I don't... I don't. <laughs> the Smurf thing's not happening, is it, by the way? That's good news. It least. is. Well, you're so negative. Stay up and 
I want, in fact, it is going to happen. We're going to get you a Smurf costume. <laughs> if it's if it's still on for the final day, I might consider it. it. Will you go to Ellen Road in it? Let's say we get we win two games now out of two, and we and we're already safe, and we're safe. Will you go to Ellen Road dressed as a Smurf? Uh, I want to see us get relegated. With you dressed as a Smurf? I'm not blue paint crying. No, he said, he, he said if we stay up, he'll do it, but he won't if we go down. If we're safe by the final day, I'll go dressed as a Smurf <laughs> for the whole game. For the whole game, but we're not going to be, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not even sure if it, you know, I suppose right. it is. Come on, Leeds players. It is mathematically possible, isn't it? But we're not staying up, so it's fine. I might have to come here and, and hastily blew up if we um, if we manage to beat Spurs, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it, you know. You never feel it, though. But, but you do, so what are you going to do? Laugh at you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not the one who's committed to dress, dressing as a Smurf. I don't think I did either. I don't know why. We asked you if you would, about. and you, you've bowed to peer pressure. Oh, okay. In the most shambolic, pathetic way, quite frankly. Feels a bit like you want to dress up as a Smurf to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Finally, Why not? Those, those secrets make it to the uh, to the public arena. Have we got a winner then? Is it Haaland? I don't want to give it to Haaland. He gets enough. He gets paid enough. He's going to win awards. He's going to win Player of the Year in the Premier League. He doesn't deserve this. Joe Robles and his chin dimple. Give it to him. It's a good chin. Okay. Prepare to do that. And hopefully he responds with another good performance against Newcastle, assuming that he stays in. So, well, Melier made a mistake last year against Newcastle, didn't he? That Shelby free kick. Mm-hmm. In fact, fucking, it could have all been so different if Robles had played in that game. I know we didn't have him at that time, but <laughs> <laughs> but still. Fucking Arter. <laughs> exactly, that's what it's all about, Rob. Chuck him under the bus. So, giving it to Robles then. I'm not, I'm not yeah. giving it to Haaland. It seems, it's too bloody four-locked. Yeah, I'm not having it. It is, yeah. yeah. It gets enough. So, um, Robles, well done and don't let us down this weekend then. There we go. Show wrapped up for this week, the weekly show. All looking forward to the weekend? Yeah, in a way. Yeah. I am. These, these, you know you're alive at these games. You do. Someone did also make the point that it might be the last two Premier League games we see for a while. So I thought, you know what, I might as well enjoy it. Thanks for joining us on this one. We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.